Hello, and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, hopefully you got through got through the remainder of the holiday with some amount of peace and tranquility within your spirit. Uh, I mean, Happy New Year to you, Liz. We, we did it. We made it through 2015. We did it. We did do that. How, I, I, I shudder to think at how much television we watched in the process, but it, God knows it was all in the name of goodness and truth and justice. Well, yeah, and we're getting a good idea of just how much we watched because obviously the TCAs are right around the corner, so we've got uh, so much more TV to watch, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is just the beginning. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, it was really fun when I hit that cutoff of like, okay, we did all the best of your best of lists for the year. We're, we're all done. We're all set. And then, oh, now it's time to watch all the other TV. <laughs> the, 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 the 2016 TV. It's now 2016 TV time. Uh, and... Gosh, gosh, bless it. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I just feel lucky right now because of those screeners I've watched, I haven't seen anything that I'd put on like a top 10 list. And that always makes me feel weird when I actually watch it in 2015, but it's a 2016 show and I'm making all these lists and this is the only show I can think about. So I haven't had that yet. So I feel good. Yeah, that's why, part of why I waited. But I mean, I just remember we, I was driving. Yeah, there's so much there's so much stuff uh, that's been made available for us this year, which is really great. Like, you know, it's wonderful that the networks do this. And it means that I can check out a show like uh, Comedy Central's Idiot Sitter, watch a couple of episodes, be like, you know, I do want to interview the people involved with that and set that up. So it's uh, the screeners are a blessing. Uh, but we're in, in general, what we're going to do today is talk about what we're looking forward to in 2016, because now is the time to care about that. Screw you, 2015. You're dead to us now. Now we're just talking about 2016. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I can't add anything to that. It was perfectly said. <laughs> um, and so to do so, we're going to kind of just look forward at a couple of shows that we're looking forward to. Uh, a couple of shows, a couple of phenomena, what have you, that we're looking forward to uh, it, it, over the next 12 months to come. Ben, why don't you kick it off? All right. Well, the first thing I'm looking forward to um, is something that's both probably. I mean, I mean, in Liz's mind, in your mind, it's it's a concept. In my mind, it's it's reality. Like I think it's happening. You're a little on the fence, but I am very much looking forward to Woody Allen's Amazon series. Ah. I have. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So finish what you were going to say. No, I was, I was just going to say that I have no idea what it is. Um, obviously we have a, a decent idea of what it will be like because Woody Allen's been making a lot of things for the last, you know, four or five decades. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it no matter what, because that's a voice I want to see on TV. And Liz, I know that you are just, you know, expecting that in like March or April, like something very soon, very quickly. Um, yeah. So if you, we've mentioned this before, but we have this ongoing sandwich <laughs> bet about how I don't think this thing is going to ever see the light of day. I stand by that bet. Um, even though <laughs> you this, have to. I do, we, we shook on it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to owe you a sandwich at some point. I'm pretty sure. But what I'm looking forward to in regards to that is I'm looking forward to this Amazon getting asked about it during the TCA, uh, during the TCA panel, uh, in two weeks. That's going to be fun for me. I hope that they do the thing that Fox did last year where they handed out scripts for Last Man on Earth. They're just like, oh, yeah, about that Woody Allen show, here's all our scripts. Boom. And then we all get to read it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, as of May, they were saying that he's actually writing it. So that's something. Time. 
Woody works fast. He could have some stuff ready right now. Isn't he also making his movie though? The, the oh, early sure he's, he's always making movies. He's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not, uh, not, not busy. Well, I can't wait to see some sort of struggling artist type uh, find himself reinvigorated by life uh, thanks to a young ingenue played by someone at least 20 or 30 years younger than him. Um, I can't wait for that for that TV show that I've never what? seen before. Liz, how did you how do you know that's going to happen? That, wow. You are just you must have some like deep sources to get that information about our show. Look, I don't want to say anything about my buddy Woody, but sometimes he gets a little into the cognac. He likes to talk. <laughs> well, no matter what, it's uh, it's definitely going to be an event. Uh, no matter what, who's in it, what it's about, how long it is, uh, what kind of product you know they put out for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm. That's going to be number one on my list, uh, at least until the TCAs when they confirm or deny what's going on. I mean, it's going to, the question's going to come up. They're probably going to stall. I doubt they would ever be like, they would ever like open their presentation with, by the way, uh, yeah, so, so uh, we're pulling the plug on that Woody Allen show. Uh, but, you know, there there will be at least one good journalist in that room. Maybe even me. <laughs> Not that I'm any good at this, but maybe there will be one good journalist in this in that room who asks the question, and I look forward to hearing the answer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they're going to have something very well prepared for this. There's no way they aren't ready for that question. So when it comes up, um, they, they might try to beat us to the punch and say that's all they're going to talk about. But, yeah, it, I, I look forward to the news no matter what. Actually – yeah, sorry. We should move on. We should move on because because yeah. uh, this is this is very speculative. But I will say that who knows? I I it wouldn't shock me if Amazon kind of uh, punted it a little bit. Yeah, the one thing I will say is I don't expect Woody Allen to be there. Other than that, anything could happen. Well, he doesn't come to Los Angeles, so that's a very safe bet. I will not bet you a sandwich on that one. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, damn it. Uh, but Liz, tell us what uh, what are you looking forward to that we might know for sure is coming up? Uh, well, we know for sure that Marvel is doing it's uh, continuing its attempt it, continuing its Netflix run and that means that we're going to get a new season we're going to get a first season of Luke Cage in addition to a second season of Daredevil and I I've, I I always enjoy tracking what Marvel is up to because it's never boring certainly and what's really interesting is the not just the fact that Luke Cage is happening Luke Cage has been in the works forever it's going to be a whole new show starring uh, Jessica Jones's ex-boyfriend, if you want to put it in those terms, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a very different show, totally different showrunner, uh, whole new cast. Uh, but I'm I'm you know again always really interested in the Marvel stuff, really enjoy it, and also seeing how it, they fit it in with what they're doing with the Defenders uh, series, and also what they're doing the fact. Also, what they're doing with Daredevil season two, I think those are going to be really, those are going to be key series for this massive Marvel project because mostly because you know seeing how a second season of Daredevil works in relation to these other shows, seeing how Luke Cage works works independently and independently within the universe. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling about it, but the thing is, Liz Liz like Marvel. Liz see more Marvel in 2016. Liz happy. And and to respond to that in, in similar fashion, Ben does not like Marvel. Ben does not care about Daredevil season two. But uh, you do raise a lot of good points, especially after something like Jessica Jones, which really intrigued me and grabbed me and and kind of showed what the best case scenario was for these kind of projects. 
Um, I am very curious to see kind of what they do with Luke Cage specifically. Um, and, you know, I don't like thinking about the future. I don't want to think about, you know, how this is going to tie into that because I really prefer entertainment that can be absorbed on its own, as we've gone over multiple times. Um, but that is an interesting question that is, from a Netflix standpoint, something that I'm interested in from the business side of things to see kind of how they want to grow that and how they're going to continue it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, a very fascinating nugget that will be explored throughout 2016. Yeah, in general, whatever what what Netflix is doing in 2016, it's going to be an incredibly important year for the network, for the network, the service, uh, what have you, because it, if if you know this is really the year when they are truly diversifying everything they're up to, like looking at the lineup of shows that you put together in your wonderful, most anticipated series uh, piece, you know. We're, we're ranging from documentary to to uh, to real to at least uh, multi-camera sitcoms to no shortage of other weirdness. It's it's a weird weird year for the network, and I think we'll, it's going to be really interesting to see, sit back at the end of twenty sixteen and kind of see what what's come of it. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's kind of one of the things you know that we've talked about this year, like in in twenty fifteen, I should say. Um, in regards to kind of their plan and, and to what the Netflix brand actually is. And, you know, you're right. They're covering just about everything. They've got big blockbuster series like the Marvel Universe series. Uh, they've got, you know, re- revival series like Fuller House. And then uh, my second most anticipated show, or, or, well, maybe not ranked like that, but my second one I'm going to talk about is uh, The OA, which is from Britt Marling and her writing partner, whose name is escaping me now, and I feel really bad about that. It's a, it's a, it's a vaguely complicated name. If you it want. is very hard to say, so maybe I'm just – I can see it. I just don't want to mispronounce it. But, yes. um, but they, they're, you know, they're great writers. I love everything Britt Marling has touched. I was a big fan of Babylon, which premiered early in uh, 2015, uh, the UK show. Loved that. Loved her in it. Uh, so I'm very excited to see what they're able to do with this kind of – it's mysterious. Uh, it's got a page up on the Netflix site if you actually log in and search for it, and all you can see is like kind of the outline of like a smoky woman's backside or something. Like it's it's an interesting kind of I don't know sensual thing, uh, but the story is apparently about cults and and kind of a, a thriller and, and something you know very much of the vein of these the two movies that this this writing team has produced before. Um, so so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see something like that, which is to me what Netflix was built on. Something different, brave, original, strong voice, um, almost independent-minded, even though Netflix is as far from independent as you can get these days. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's huge on my list. No, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm really excited to see what that actually ends up being. And I think that really interesting, I, I remember like when the announcement first went out, I was writing up the news and I got, I went into a little bit of a rabbit hole looking up what the OA could mean. Like it's a, I think it's a, it's a Sanskrit term or, or it could just be an acronym. Who knows? Like it could be, it, it could, this could be a, a show about Overeaters Anonymous. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the, the, the background for these two, like between another earth and the East and, and I mean, sound by voice too, but I mean. Those kind of those kind of projects in the independent film world, they didn't really, you know, bust anything open, but they were brave, courageous, kind of captivating, absolutely captivating voices uh, to watch. So, so I'm very interested to see that come to the TV world and 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 you know everything. Yeah, I think also what's interesting about you bringing bringing up the fact that you know that Netflix is bringing in independent filmmakers is, uh, you know, 
this 2015 was definitely a year where Amazon really surged forward in terms of, you know, its critical acceptance and its stable content. And Amazon's Amazon's philosophy has always really been geared towards bringing in independent filmmakers. And that's paid off with them getting two Golden Globe nominations for their series. And uh, I think it's, so it's, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, Netflix kind of started off from that position, but uh, Amazon really took the ball and ran with it. And so I'm really excited that uh, there's at least some, something like that in their stable. But Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and I mean, if you think if you if you kind of think about the model of it of bringing in those those voices, I mean that's that's what this TV boom is all about. And and you know you mentioned the wins that that uh, that Amazon has gotten at the Golden Globes. There's no reason to suspect that to end as they also continue to increase their original brand and their original content and bring in some really exciting stuff. Yeah, gosh, um, I'm going to let you also because I know another item on your list that's a perfect segue from talking about the OA, which. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, my 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 next choice is the Path, which is a Hulu original series, which just released its first uh, first photos yesterday. It's got Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, Hugh Dancy, um, just just great cast, you know, to begin with. But then you add in somebody like Jason Kadams, who's the showrunner, who you know the last few things he's touched have just been magical. I mean, from from Parenthood to Friday Night Lights. This is a guy who is a TV veteran that you pretty much have to watch whatever he's going to put out there. And the fact that he's going over to a streaming channel that kind of allows him more freedom than he's ever had before. Uh, he's you know, almost strictly worked with broadcast shows prior to this. So to see him kind of have that leeway and then the topic that he's exploring is uh, you know, a cult uh, or something that's described as a cult, which was uh, oh, Meyerism. Is that what they said it was? Yesterday? Meyerism, yeah. It's like Selena Meyer. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I remembered it, actually. But, uh, but yeah, I uh, I hope there's a Veep crossover in there somewhere too. But for the most part, I mean, just thinking about it as a show that wants to deal with religion and deal with faith and belief and kind of the extremes of that in a certain way, you know, obviously that's bringing back some leftovers memories for me. So that's just another layer for me to get invested in the show, which which has enough already to to be a must see. Yes. Uh- if you had, if you had, if you, if you were, if you're, if you're looking for your bingo card, it's 14 minutes have been brought up the leftovers. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be, it's kind of, there's a part of me that's a little worried that we're going to see two cult shows on streaming services in one year. That feels like a little much. It feels like two asteroid movies in one summer. Uh, hopefully, but hopefully what, neither of them is deep impact or actually uh, Armageddon come to think of it. Hopefully well, they're both great. Whoa, Liz, Armageddon is one of the best films ever made. I will not hear a bad word against it. Um, I will not watch the, th- the last act of that movie ever again because it gives me a seizure because it makes no sense. It makes perfect sense, Liz. He died to save the world. Oh, my God. And now you've ruined Armageddon for everyone. Who hasn't seen Armageddon by now? <laughs> Clearly anyone who didn't, who didn't care about learning that, about the ending. Yeah, it's a big, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. Like, I mean, it's a great film. Michael direct, Michael Bay can't direct a coherent action scene. Michael Bay absolutely can do it. He just completely got screwed up. Like his, the system bought into it. Like he went nuts. He's a terrible director now, but when he first started, there's a reason that that movie's on criteria. The Rock is really good. That's the one, that's, this is a really good debate. Armageddon, only way to go. I know this is what you all tuned in to listen to, so I'm glad we got to it. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and change the subject because that was pretty stellar 
tangent was. Uh, but one thing I'm looking forward to is something that is in theory going to be really interesting because it's relatively stable now, uh, which is late night television. Uh, and basically in 2015, we had three major kind of upheavals slash new shows launch. We said goodbye to Letterman. We brought in Colbert. We uh, said goodbye to Stewart. We brought in Trevor Noah. We'd already said goodbye to Craig Ferguson, but uh, James Corden finally came in early in the year. And so now that we, the so now that we've got you know basically there's no, as far as we can tell there's nothing in broadcast that's going to change in terms of the late night lineup. Uh, we are going to add uh, P, uh, TBS's Full Frontal with Samantha B, which I'm very excited for. I don't know what kind of take it's going to have, but certainly I've, she's always been one of the best. She's always been one of my favorite Daily Show correspondents, and I think she's hilarious. And so hopefully the writing matches her innate talent. And so, but beyond Samantha B, uh, this is going to be a really interesting year for late night because I think late night has been trying a lot of new things. There's a lot of elements that are in play right now. And I think this is going to be the year when they kind of coalesce and we have a, and and in in that coalescence, we find, we, we, we should probably find something resembling like what it means to be a late night television show in the 21st century because you know it's not games it's not you know really hard hitting interviews it's it's a lot of different things and uh you know either it, it could be a make or break year i think yeah it's 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 interesting that a lot of them rather than kind of just repeating the same thing over and over again and seeing you know whoever likes this guy more than that guy but they're doing the same shtick they just pick one or they pick based on the guests they're all trying to kind of create a brand for themselves. And, I mean, that is a much more exciting thing for today's TV audience to get behind because it makes you want to engage with multiple voices rather than just hear the same one repeated back to you every night. So I, I think it is. I think this is going to be a very exciting year for Late Night. Uh, that's a great pick. Um, and, and, I mean, yeah, a lot of these people who were installed this year, you know, came in a little bit late or are still trying to find their voice. So they're going to do that in the next year. And it's, it's an exciting time to keep up with it. Yeah, I think hey, that's the big thing is all of these shows when they launched where we were told, no, give it some time, relax, you know, let let them settle in. And that's fair. You know, it's a it's a tough job and it's a daily job. And you got to respect that kind of grind and commitment. But I feel like a, after a year, we should know what kind of talk show host James Corden is. And so in March, it's going to be interesting to sit down and really take a hard look at what he's done with his time at CBS. Yep, absolutely. And I, I mean, the same goes for Stephen Colbert. I mean, we know who he was on the Colbert Report, but he's still establishing kind of who he is now on on late night. And that's that's a very fascinating thing to keep up with as he continues to experiment with format and and style. Yeah. So Ben, do you have another thing on your list that things you're looking forward to? Oh, I mean there's a few other like honorary mentions and and backup picks, but I think I think Liz, we have one in common at least for for most anticipated overall and I believe that's your third pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We put... sound so excited. Well, it look We've we, we know a lot about the X Files coming back to us in 2016. We know an awful lot about it. We've uh, been covering extensively. We've seen it. We've seen the first episode, um, and yeah, uh, I mean, 
it's it's we I, I can't I can't describe how excited I am for more for more for for just figuring out what the hell this is. Like I I have so many feelings and thoughts now. Uh, after uh, there's this uh, featurette that uh, Fox released uh, last week. As you listen to this and. Uh, it's 21 minutes long and it's just so full of information and clips and so forth. And I couldn't, I could barely manage to watch because I was so worried about getting too much really spoiled for me, but I could feel like the nitpicking flare up and it was such a comforting feeling. Like, no, she doesn't call him Fox. What are you doing, doing the X-Files? Scully does not call Mulder Fox. She does not use his first name. And, you know, I was like, I don't know. It felt like coming home. It was like, it was like in Star Wars. It was like we're home, Chewie. Yeah, except you know that that first step in through the door was a little wobbly. Like there was a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's. I am looking forward to the X Files and its uh, five remaining episodes, despite being one sixth of the way through this new season event. Yeah. Thing. So, yeah. Ben, you just have to remember that every first part of a two-part X-Files mythology episode, it was always kind of the worst. And then the second part is great, because that's when all the all the exciting stuff happens. Yes. So, so, no, but that's the way this is structured. The f- part one is the first part of a two-part mythology episode. It just happens to be that they're not showing the second part of the two-part mythology episode until the season finale. Well, to me, Liz, that just makes me all the more concerned. Like, I, I knew that structure going into it. And knowing that they're going to step away from that, whatever it was in the first episode, and get into kind of the monster of the week stuff in the next ones has me very, very excited. But the, the that they're going to end on something that really didn't work the first time around, despite their track record of, of saving it later on, I, I, I'm concerned. So we'll see. We'll but I'm excited. See. Yes, I think I, I, I'm optimistic. I, I'm optimistic about the X-Files, and I'm, I can say that in this day and age. That's an amazing thing. You have to be. I mean, what, what fun would it be if we were just sitting here, you know, trashing something that we hadn't even seen all of yet, or just, you know, lowering our expectations because of, you know, whatever reasons. Like, it's, it's not as fun. You want to get excited for this kind of thing. That's, that's the fun of, of talking about all these things. That's the fun of, uh, you know, looking ahead to the rest of the year. You know, you want to be excited for television. You don't want to just wait in in a pessimistic gloom and and expect everything to fail. You want to actually have a few shows on your roster to be excited about and to look forward to as they come down the pipe uh, in 2016. True enough, yeah. So even though Scully calls Mulder Fox in in the X Files revival, I'm, I, I it, it's it's a good time to be alive. Uh, Very much so. So. I mean, Ben, that leads me to ask, what's the best thing you watched last week? <laughs> well, um, the best thing I watched last week actually kind of relates to what I discussed with The Path, and I, I think it's a coincidence. I don't know. It has to be a coincidence. Uh, but th- About a Boy came back on Netflix. Season 2 showed up on Netflix for, I think, the first time, um, and I've just been kind of or, or you know, going to bed or whatever. Um, and I, I just was reminded how much I enjoyed that show and how much even like even the non-great Jason Kadem's work is still just a joy to watch. Like there's always something there that has like a momentum to it, that has chemistry, that has like a kind of a pop that other shows, you know, might be lacking. Uh, so so I, I mean, 
it's just another reason to look forward to the path. But really, you know, it's on Netflix now. Anybody who kind of skipped over that when it was on NBC or was worried about it, please give it a chance. Like it's it's a it's a fun show. It's very unique in the half hour comedy realm in that it's not a laugh a minute kind of thing. It's not very fast paced. It's almost kind of like a family show, but it's just it's just an it's just a place you want to live in. Like it's just something you want to experience. So I, I I highly recommend that one. I remember tonally finding that show really interesting. So and I'm glad I'm glad to hear the second season's out. That's the final season, right? Yeah, yeah. It got canceled prematurely, so that'll be the end of it. But I mean, it's it's definitely worth investing. You know, however many I think there's like 26 or 30 episodes or something. So yeah. give it a shot. And it's based on a really charming film. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm on board. What about you, Liz? What was the best thing you watched? Well, uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've there's so much TCA stuff to plow through. And the problem is, of course, that a lot of it is under embargo. Like, I cannot tell you what I think about uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson. I cannot tell you what I think about 112263. Um, Even though other people are writing news stories about what they think about and what others might think about that uh, especially the the oj simpson story yeah there was like a story about on variety about how screener buzz is good yeah a story an alert i was ah, that infuriated me but whatever well technically i mean we did send uh our own zach sharf to see a couple of episodes of american American crime story so i guess i I don't know how tight the embargo can be if andy cohen was there that's Uh, true but point is uh there's a lot of stuff i've seen but I double and triple checked this email to see if there was an official review embargo, and I didn't see one. So I'm at the very least going to keep this vague. Then Legends of Tomorrow was just as good oh, as Jesus I would hope Christ. it would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was hoping you were going to talk about like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or. Uh, no, I can't talk about that because it's under embargo. I, I haven't read it that closely, Liz. I was hoping that I was wrong. Oh no, no, no. Uh Legends of Tomorrow though, they they seem to have not mentioned uh I, I'm not gonna say anything specific. I'm just going to say uh it was everything I wanted it to be. Like <laughs> it was every element of ridiculousness that I was hoping for and Victor Garber in a turtleneck. In a lot of turtlenecks actually. He wears a turtleneck more than once. So many turtlenecks, so many reasons to watch. Yeah, 1975, baby. Turtlenecks. Get it. Uh, I will. I refuse to be judged by you, by the way. I am very comfortable with my love of Legends of Tomorrow. I am not. I am not <laughs> judging you, Liz. I would never do something so condescending or rude. I am just, I will just say that I am sure the good people at the CW absolutely do not have an embargo on that because they just want to get any kind of good press they can get out of it whenever that may happen. Well, it's actually interesting. Uh, the CW is in this funny place right now where they are trying, they, they are having, they're on the, I think they are on the brink of really pushing the hundred into serious critical consideration. Uh, certainly I feel like over Christmas break, I saw a real groundswell of like critics I, I follow on Twitter and so forth, really checking out the show for the first time and really embracing it. And, uh, and you know, it, it, I, I really like the hundred. I think it's, it's a, it's a fascinatingly brutal show, especially for the CW. And so what I'm saying is that if the, the hundred becomes a critical favorite, then the, you know, uh, what's the, what's the thing with water? Like, you know. Uh, 
a, a rising tide raises all boats, something like that. Point is, that's only good news for that's only more good news for Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> the if I I can't even respond to that. I, I mean, I can't even imagine a world in which Legends of Tomorrow and the One Hundred are like critical darlings. I mean, I, I, I love to see it. I, I do. I, I love change. I love, uh, I love some superhero movies and I definitely have a lot of respect for kind of the youth oriented programming of the CW, but, uh, that's going to be a high tide to climb. Yeah. High tide to climb. We're doing great. Our metaphors. We're doing great. Struggling. I've watched too much of billions. All I can do is speak in similes and metaphors and stories. Oh, billion slam. <laughs> yeah that embargo's broke like that's that shows it's fine it's okay okay good uh what's the next thing you're looking forward to then um this is gonna sound like a plug and i promise that we are not sponsored i have received no money or favors from from fox but i am literally looking forward to the new fox tuesday lineup I love all of these shows, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grandfathered, The Grinder, and New Girl. If I had to kick one out for time reasons, it would be Grandfathered easily. The other three, I've, I'm totally caught up on. I'm an absolute fan of. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with The Grinder you know, in the new year. I'm, I'm always excited to kind of see the ideas they come up with with Brooklyn Nine-Nine because that cast is so good. And frankly, I've just missed New Girl. It's been gone for so freaking long. Um, I need my daily dose or my weekly dose of shit, uh, to get through the week. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I don't, I don't know if I'll sit down and tune in, you know, live Fox Tuesday night, but if I've got the time, I'm definitely going to pull it off. And the next morning I'll be checking all of them out on Hulu. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, yeah. When I, when I, I didn't actually realize they were moving to Brooklyn nine, nine to Tuesdays until I saw, uh, the commercial for it on Fox, uh, during some sort of sports thing. And, uh, yeah, no, that's, I think that's a, it's a, it's a really solid lineup. I, I actually probably, I would probably kick out New Girl before I kicked out, uh, Grandfathered, but, uh, I mean, I'm just, tough choices, two puppies in a basket. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, (laughs) um, two puppies in a basket. That's, that's the best one we've got so far. Way better than the Tide. Well, the Tide is the thing that exists. I think two puppies in a basket is me something just making something up. It's um, a new thing. Let's make it. Let's make it real. Okay. By the way, did you uh, ha- did you get to see the big short yet? I did. did I you, loved it. Did you enjoy your little bonus Schmidt? I did. Except, you know, watching it, you know, he's the enemy, and it's like he's really good at playing that role, so he can you know keep doing that. But it was like, oh my god, Schmidt, I missed you, buddy. Oh, you're a douchebag. Oh, you're horrible. Oh, you're a horrible, horrible person. Ooh. Okay, well, I'll wait for New Girl. Yeah. Um, we should also uh, shout out for Hello, My, My Name is Doris, uh, which is that a little independent film he did with Sally Field that I think is coming mm-hmm. out earlier this year, or early early in 2016. That I've I've seen. It's been a while since I because I saw it for at South by, uh, but really charming, uh, really charming little interesting comedy uh, directed by Michael Showalter. Yeah, that whole cast on New Girl, you know, obviously Zoe Deschanel, but you know the, the the men too are in pretty high demand right now. So it'll be interesting to see if this show lives on past season four. But uh, that's a whole other conversation. Liz, why don't you tell us what the next thing is you're looking forward to? Oh, this is another one where you're going to yell at me. I don't uh, yell. I chuckle a lot. <laughs> you said, "God damn it!" When I said "Legends of Tomorrow," very quietly though. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, so 
like I said, we have a ton of screeners we're waiting through. But one thing I haven't seemed to get get yet in my screener pile is Mercy Street, uh, which is the upcoming PBS medical drama set during the Civil War that has a pretty re- a pretty interesting cast. I think uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Gary Cole, Flint, uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Jack Fa- uh, Falahi. The kid from uh, the kid from uh, How to Get Away with Murder and a bunch of other stuff. Who uh, our old our old editor uh, Nigel Smith really liked. Um, Naming all the things that I love right now, Liz. Yeah, I mean Josh Radner. <laughs> yes. Yep. I do love his movies. Well, I like his movies. <laughs> yeah, but uh, jo- yeah, so it's it's a really interesting cast, and uh, it looks like it, they're they're kind of pairing it with Downton Abbey as kind of a uh, you know. Kind of high class period drama type thing. I don't know. It it could it could not be great, but I think they're they're having they're it's the setting is new and interesting to me, and uh, there's a lot of ambition there. So if you're like if you like the Nick, but you don't like all the bloody stuff, and you kind of want to go like 50 years earlier, maybe this could be fun for you. That is such a good pitch. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I do want. And I, I, I you've been talking about this since I think the last TCAs when yes. you got to speak to the cast a little bit. Yeah. Um, Which I had to and, do without seeing anything. Like they showed us like a like a five minute sizzle reel, but otherwise we we I've, I I know very little about the show, which is actually very exciting. It makes it fun for me to look forward to it. Yeah, and I mean uh, what they had to say and, and kind of what you had to say to me about that, about your conversations and about like the little things you'd seen. Uh, it's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I love the idea of them kind of trying to usher in something new, you know, to replace Downton Abbey, which is just going to be impossible for PBS, but you know, good luck. I hope this thing pays off like it, like it sounds like it could. Yeah. I mean, it's an original production for them set in America. So that's nice. Yep. America. We did things. We did it. Yeah. We're doing a lot of stuff. We do. Great, and great stuff. And uh, you can read all about it at IndieWire.com, where you can find reviews, interviews, features, what have you. Uh, we all try. We'll try to keep the TCA gas- gossiping gabbing to a minimum. But it is a really interesting event for us every six months or so. That which is why uh, it comes up a lot and influences a lot of our coverage to come. And if we do get a little TCA heavy, and you need a break to to kind of step back into reality into the now. Then make sure you listen to Screen Talk uh, with our own Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. They're digging into, I mean, all the Christmas movies that just got unleashed, as well as the uh, the award season, which is in the thick of it right now. Um, and I've been, I caught up a little bit over the last uh, week or so uh, on my driving for the holidays. And listening to Ann talk about the parties that she goes to and, like, the people that she's at the parties is one of the most fascinating things about that podcast. Like, she's talking about introducing spike lee to some like influential young black filmmakers and and like just at the party she's like oh you don't know them well come over here um anyway so i i strongly recommend checking those out as well as dina harris our editor-in-chief on the lovely indywire influencers podcast uh which is just as vital as ever yeah she just uh the henry rollins interview just uh yeah. up, which yeah. i can't wait to listen to because i i i be- like i think i said last time that guy has stories he does um, so you can also go to Twitter and find Ben at Ben T. Travers. And if you want that juicy, juicy gossip from the TCAs, make sure you follow Liz on Twitter at Lizlet with an I and an E. Yep. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, probably, I, 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 I mean, I'll be a shell of a for- my former self cause it'll be day six 
of the TCAs, but I'll try. I'll, 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 you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll get, to, I'll, I'll take an extra power nap or something. I'll, I'll be, I'll be here for you guys. Is my point. I'll be alive. Like you have time for a power nap, Liz. Jeez. That's why it's called a power nap. I don't think you have time for that. I think you have 10 to 10 minutes to spare. Damn it, Ben. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Well, I'll do my best. Uh, and the most important thing is you guys keep watching television. 